Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back to iHeart Tucson. The things that we're going to be talking today about is things that buyers in Tucson should know in 2021. Hello, John. Nice to see you guys again, actually. Nice to see you. Yes. Uh, can you hear me? It's funny. I, I get asked this question a lot about how to get offers through in this tough market. Yeah, because we keep hearing about how it's such a seller's market, right? The sellers are winning, sellers are winning. So I know there's so many buyers out there. There's, you know, they outnumber the sellers so much. So yeah, definitely. I'm a little bit of a weird old school guy. I kind of think buyers and seller markets kind of create each other. And so I've never been a big fan of buyer markets or seller markets. But even I would have to admit in this market, this is a seller's market. Yes. Okay. So, no inventory. There is a plethora of buyers. Um, so, something that that affects is obviously the offers, right? These sellers have a crazy amount of offers in right now. Buyers have no idea what to do. Um, they're still not hiring agents. You know, they're staying uninformed. Uh, so, what are like some things to help them out, like? for offers you know what some some of my tips that i use with our team and yeah, uh, we, quite, i think we do pretty well getting offers through but yeah I start this conversation with a weird thought if there's 15 offers on the table i don't care how good an offer you write it's the luck of the draw the point, i don't yeah. care how good you are i don't care how much you know the other agent you you know what i'm saying so yeah. understand that that dynamic is out there and it's really challenging for, even for us when we have a lot of offers. I submitted an offer this morning. There's seven offers on it. I don't think I have much chance, even with a good, well-written offer. So, but we're going to take the premise of what makes a good offer so that you at least have a better chance than maybe others. Yes. My, my first premise is you should have representation. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how... I'm struggling as an agent today to understand the market and I'm 45 years in the business. And it's always shifting. It's not like the market is the market. It's evolving every day. Right. And, and I don't understand how people who don't have an agent even, even function in this market. So much I'm not saying that to just get clients here. I'm talking about with me, I want to talk issues. I don't care about people buying or selling. I want you to understand where you are. So you have a better chance to buy and sell. Yeah, I really so. care about trying to get clients here. In my mind, the market is the most difficult it's ever been to get a deal through. Yes. And so my first premise is hire somebody. It doesn't it's cost you any money. And you know, it, it hire somebody. Yeah. I as an agent believe that when I look at an offer with my experience level. I can almost tell you the quality of the deal by the level of the written offer. So Blanks missed, things so not filled in at, properly. Sorry. So you said just by looking at the offer, you can tell if the deal, meaning the agent, is you know the quality of it? Yes. I'm saying when I get sent an offer from somebody, I can almost tell you the quality of the deal by the quality of the way the contract is written. Really? Okay. And so what first are, tip to everybody things. is get somebody that knows how to do this to write it properly. Yeah. Because when you make mistakes and it looks crappy, you know the buyers 
I'm not saying the buyer's crappy because the contract's crappy, but let's just say in my experience, the worse the written documents, the tougher the deal. Let's put it that way. And so what? You want a clean offer. You want all the blanks and all the dots and all the T's and I's and everything crossed and dotted and done so that at least when I look at it, I go, all right, this person seems to know what they're doing. I will put them in the in the good pile. Yeah. And prioritize. That's one way I prioritize. So what's like the very first thing that you would notice? Let's say you get you receive an offer, you see multiple offers, you look at the first one. Honestly, the very first thing I always look at is the math. The math, okay. In the contract, because I'm a contract freak, lines 10, 11, 12, and 13. You have your sale price, you have your earnest money, you have your balance of down, and you have your loan amount. Mm -hmm. You need those four numbers, okay? You need to add up. And if you go in reverse, your loan amount plus your balance of down plus your earnest money should equal your sale price. Mm, now, I know that sounds really stupid to you and really simple, but I will tell you that probably 30% of the contracts I look at, the math is wrong. Okay, so the math is wrong, you're throwing it out automatically. If the math is wrong, I'm going to say to myself, what else is going on here? Yeah. So that's just one of many places I look at. Um, where else do I look? I just look it over. I, I look to see that there's no blanks. I look to see that they didn't leave things off. I look to see if I know the agent. I look to see who the title people are. I, I'm. It, it's a feel for me when I'm starting to analyze offers and you know try to prioritize. If I have three or four on the table, how do I pick one? Yeah. It's not always about price. I've taken deals for less money because I thought the deal was stronger because it was better written than I knew the agent. It's not always about price. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of looking at the whole thing. Do they have all the docs with them? Did they send me everything I need? Did they, you know, all that kind of stuff is, is very important to me. And so... I'm not looking for anything specific. I, I am, but I mean, I'm looking as much just as how does it make me feel as opposed to what's wrong with it. Uh, I look for typos. I, I know that's stupid, but I look for typos. I look for, did they handwrite it? Did they type it? I, I, I don't know, just all those things fit together to me. And the cleaner it feels, the more likely I am to entertain that kind of offer. I'm not saying I won't take an offer that's poorly written, but if a poorly written offer comes to one of our clients, I got the red flags out. Yeah. You know, like I got an offer the other day on old forms. Somebody was using some old forms and I called them up and I <laughs> countered back. I did. I countered back on the right forms because that's what you're supposed to do. And the agent called me and yelled at me. He said, you have no right to tell me what forms I use. And I said, well, the Department of Real Estate might differ on that because, yes, you can pretty much use any form you want, but the department has kind of a, you know, mentality about that. And so I wasn't trying to create a fight with the guy. I said, why are you using the old forms? I swear to God, this was his answer. He said to me, because I paid for them and I'm going to use them up. 
they're like 10 years old. They were like 10 years old. It was ridiculous. That tells me now that guy might be a good agent, might have a great client, but that guy tells me I got to pay attention at a different level. Yeah, like I'm not trying to say I'm better than anybody or or any of that. I'm saying to you, I have some rules that I follow that I look at in every transaction and that we talk about all the time. And the majority of it is just the damn detail of the deal. Is it clean? It's no bigger than that. Yes, Jenny. Is it important to communicate with the listing agent? Uh, I like, as a buyer's rep, I like to try to be on top of that. Number one, with 45 years of experience, I usually know the people. And that helps. Yeah. Let's be real. If you're a buyer looking for agents, the more seasoned guys know people. Yeah. The more seasoned guys have a better chance to get a deal through. No offense to my great rookies like you guys. You're talented, wonderful people. But there's something to experience and knowing other agents. So that is a very valuable commodity to me if I know the other side. Uh, I don't always win if I know the other side, but I know I get a fair look. That's the other problem in today's market. You don't know if they're looking at your offer or not. Yeah. With five and 10 offers on the table, I get calls all the time from agents from other companies asking me what they should do because I'm so well known in the community. And I, I work hard to protect the public and to protect the agents. And the more professional we look, the better our business is. So yeah. it starts in writing a contract. And you know how I feel about contracts. I'm a freak of detail. And it's how you protect yourself. I'm proud to tell you I've never been sued in 45 years of real estate. Yeah, I wrote some checks. Hell, if you ain't wrote a few checks in real estate, you haven't done any deals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Some yeah. my fault. Some I made a mistake, some I didn't. But the reality is communication, Jennifer, is the most important aspect of the entire real estate transaction. I agree. Period. End of story. If if I could get buyers and buyers and their agents to communicate, if I could get buyer reps and listing agents to communicate, we'd do more business. Yeah. Something's going on right now. I present an offer and a guy doesn't even look at it or doesn't do anything with it, doesn't even call me back. I call him to follow up, doesn't call me back. That's the other big deal in this marketplace for a client. You better have agents who are tenacious and, and, and just keep doing it. I, you have to call people. You have to communicate. And I don't know why, but our industry is not doing a good job of that. Uh, as a whole, we've never been really great at follow-up, in my opinion, but this market has mandated a situation where people just aren't even courteous to call you back. And I don't understand that because it's a very lack of professionalism. Yeah, I think they And so to me, communicating is, is, is critical. It, it's the number one thing we should all do. So and even in a poorly written contract, if you call me up and say, hey, I struggle a little bit, I'm kind of new, <laughs> I would help you do the deal, for God's sakes. So communication, big, big topic to me. Communication and uh, clean offers. 
Yeah, so so communicating and and properly written. Yeah, properly written. Doing your homework. Another way of getting a good contract through is know what the heck you're offering and what your position is. Yes. For example, before we make any offer on a property, we comp it out and we get a feel for the value. Yeah. So we have a strategy discussion on every transaction. And I'm not only transaction coordinator for this team, I'm also a team advisor. And I get involved in every transaction that we do and we hobnob about it and we have a strategy about it. I'm, I'm sure other people do that, maybe not as consistently or at the level I think we do it at. Yeah, and this team is different, I believe, than other teams because we're all pretty, in, well, not all, but you guys are pretty involved in our deals and we're getting so much information and different insights of it. So it really does feel like clients are getting four agents compared to just one. Really yeah, we have to hobnob about these deals, man. They're confusing now and they're complicated and they, they have things like, here's a couple of things that are new. Um, as an example, the prequel. Before you go out looking for a house, go to a lender. Sorry, should have said that first. Go to a lender. Get pre-approved. Yeah, Not pre-qualified. Get pre-approved. You can get pre-approved before you find the house. Yeah. Then you can walk in with your pre-qual and say, we're pre-approved. That makes a strong offer. Not pre-qualified, pre-approved. So yeah. get all your buyers into the lender. Period. I don't even care if they found a house. Get them into the lender to get that process started. Okay, so we talked about that a little bit last time, but if, for anyone that didn't listen to it, what is a quick rundown of a prequal versus a pre-approved? All right, so you you lend, you got to use a lender, of course. You all know that, and we have our own lend. We have a group of lenders we like and we use. Yeah, um, and and basically, they look at your. If I'm understanding your question, they look at your income. They look at your debt. They basically decide in qualifying, I'll give you a quick drift. My mom was a FHA VA underwriter. So I grew up in the lending business. So I have a pretty good feel for that. So it's a, they primarily look at your debt to income and your house to income ratio. And so that all impacts. If you don't have as much debt, you can go a little higher. If you have more debt, you probably got to go a little lower. It, there's a variance there, but I don't want to be your lender. I want to get you into a lender to talk to the lender. I don't want you to be lenders. I want you to get them in to talk to lenders. Yes. So the reality, all the buyers should go in to see a lender first so they understand where the economics are. Yes. Rates are killer. It's the greatest time on the planet to buy a house. Yes, yes you're going to pay a little too much for it, maybe in this market. You are, but rates are killer. It's a wonderful time to buy a piece of property. I, I we're definitely gonna do an episode, and I want it to be rates versus price. And I want it to go over, you know, just the dynamics of overpaying, technically overpaying on a home, but getting the rates to where your monthly payment is under where you want it. Yeah, I I don't want to say people are overpaying today. I want to say people are pushing the hell out of the limits of the market. Let's say yeah. that. Um, because price is a relative discussion. You know, you're from California, man. You come here from California and you can buy an acre on, you know, 3,000 square feet for 500 grand. And you just came from where they're selling a, a thousand square feet for, 
you know, a million bucks. You don't care about price. You don't care about any of that. So I'm not, I'm not saying people are paying more or less too much to, I, I don't know. It feels to me like they're paying too much. Yeah. And I tell my clients that and that'll it's, be not my, it's not my business as an agent. My yeah. business as an agent is to give you information and give you the facts yeah. and let you make up your own mind. So if I tell you a house is worth 500 and you want to make an offer for six, let's go. Yeah. Because I'm not here to define value. I, I'm not. I, I can interpret data and I can tell you what the data tells us, but I have no clue about value. And I, I'll challenge anybody in today's market to have any idea about value. Come on, we're in a market right now that resales going up almost 2% per month. New homes are going up almost 3% per month. You can't talk price in this marketplace. So, so, so that people can get a better idea of what that is. Let's use some clean numbers. Let's say 100,000. You buy a home for 100,000. So, uh, good question. So think about that. If you're buying a $300,000 house, let's say you got, we kind of work in that two to 300 range sort of time right now yeah. with some of our clients. So you're, you're paying... It's such a difficult conversation for me because you're you're paying more than you know. You have people waving con, waving their inspections today. I'm not waving waving their appraisals. You have people doing acceleration clauses. I wrote an offer today, put a fifteen thousand dollar acceleration in it, and we were at list price. Everything's at list price almost or or more. Although I'm starting to see the first offers a little under list. Oh, really? A little bit. A little bit. And I was thinking about your question that you asked me about, should people maybe start a little under their price range in anticipation of going up? And that's a really cool conversation. I, I haven't really thought about that. So what you're proposing is, say, a guy at 300, look at a, look at a 275, Yes. In anticipation of going up to say three or three twenty-five, I think um, that's a very interesting conversation. The problem I'm having with it is there's not a lot of inventory, and I don't know if you'll be able to do it. Yeah, it's a cool idea. So, so my threshold of pain—that's my other problem in this market. If I can only qualify for three hundred, and I'm getting in these bidding wars to three twenty and three twenty-five and three thirty. I don't know what to tell you to do about that. I don't even know what to tell you to do about that. Uh, and that's a challenge because that's where the stress of the buyer is, is really, it's there. So I don't say they're paying too much. I say they're pushing the hell out of the limits of the market. That's yeah. what they're doing. And I don't know how to, I can anticipate that conversation, but I don't know how to tell a guy today, here's what I hear all the time. We're gonna wait. Yeah. Yes, I hear that. What a lot. the hell are you waiting for? Rates aren't going to get any better. Matter of fact, they're going to go the other way, I believe. And every month you wait, the prices are going up two and three percent. So think about that: a three hundred thousand dollar resale is now three oh six next month, and it's three twelve the month after, and it's three twenty the month after. Why are you waiting? I don't know why people are waiting. I, I'm not out full time like you are with buyers every day. 
But that's what I'd be telling them and asking them, why are you waiting? Every day you wait, it costs you more money. If I was a buyer today, I'd get in and get pre-approved. You're only talking about five bucks per month per thousand to finance. Think about that. That's taking a thousand bucks amortizing over 30 years. It's about five bucks per month. So you finance a hundred thousand dollars. That's basically um, 500 P and I taxes are about 1% of the sale price divided by 12 insurance is about 60 bucks. You can rent for less than your, you can buy for less than you're renting for right now. Yeah. So what is it that buyers are waiting for? I, I, I don't get that. And I hear it all the time. We hear it all don't the time. Wait. <laughs> It's costing you money. Yeah. Okay, let me give you some perspective. That also puts you out of the market of qualifying. It really does. If the rates go up a half a percent, that's almost 60 bucks, I think, off the top of my head. That dips into a person's ability to be able to qualify. So the longer they wait, the less they can buy. That That's a huge one right there. So this yeah. is beyond a clean contract. This is just yeah. this is just concept of buying a damn house. If you can't get there, who cares how good of a contract you write? It, 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 it doesn't matter. And I think the buying public is confused today. Very they're confused. not getting their houses. They're making offers and they're losing. And they're dumping their agent. The, mo the biggest mistake you can probably make is dump your agent. Yeah. In most cases, you're not not getting your house because of your agent. You're not getting your house because the offer wasn't good enough. Or, or there's offers yet. better than yours. Let's put it that way. There were offers better than yours. Yeah. And I feel sad for my agent friend. I, I had a good friend call me yesterday and he was frustrated. He said, I just got fired. And I said, why? And he said, I made six offers for a guy and I didn't get any of them. And that's like, well, that's not your fault that's that's yeah. part of the market heck but that happens to us too we wrote 10 offers last weekend and only got one cash offers so this is a big topic and and in my mind i think we attack it wrong because i sound like a sales guy but clients have to get off their butt and get prepared to buy and go buy something and quit waiting yeah that's what i tell them i yeah. call every client i have today and say Let's get you into the lender. That's the first thing you need That's to do. That's the first step, period. You know how much. You can't go out there and look. If I go out and show you a $300,000 house and you can only afford two seventy-five, dollars the for nicest sure. two seventy-five house ain't as nice as the three hundred. dollars You're always going to be comparing. You'll always be playing catch-up. And this business is tough enough without playing catch-up. You with me? Yeah, so uh, get into the lender. Maybe they have to show them house. Yeah. Maybe one, maybe one, maybe one, maybe one. But I'm so scared to be backing up. You know, if I if I make a mistake and I back up. So that's why I like your theory you were telling me, this theory that you're developing where maybe I start with a little less than what I can afford so I can push over list price. Yeah, and make it a good offer. Uh, even more, I like obscure stuff, and that's a little obscure to me. And I, I like the feel of that. I, I believe doing a deal is a feel. 
yeah. as much as anything. And I, I take a lot of pride in that. I've been around a long time and I, I'm good at it. And I'm teaching my team how to be good at it. They, they were already pretty good at it. But the fine tuning is, that's the difference between getting deals and not getting deals. That's oh, the difference. Yeah. And, and here's what I'd say. Don't hire us. Just come talk to us. Yeah, shop around. Just come shop have a conversation around. with us and, and see if you want to work with us. Mm -hmm. and, and by the way, we'll see if we want to work with you too. Yeah. That's a, that's that a two-way street. We don't work with everybody we talk to. We don't take on everybody we talk to. We only take on those people we think we can help. Yeah. That's an important lesson. Yeah. I probably turn away clients that other people may not because I just don't like the feel of it. And, and it's my relationship and my responsibility and it's my reputation. And I wanna get it done. If I work with a client, I want to accomplish what they want. If I can't help you, I probably don't work with you. So I think we should be selective and I think we should be picky. I feel like I it has to be a good match for both. both. Absolutely. And I think the public should be picky. So I say, don't hire us. Just come talk to us and see if you like us. Then you can shop talk for about realtors and shop for lenders. Be understanding of what you need. We, I think Patrick Chamberlain, the head of this team, who's by the way having a baby today. As we speak, I think it's today. It looks like it's today. Uh, but I, I, I think he's uh, magnificent in how he understands the market. Uh, he knows more about the detail of this market than anybody I've been around. And the two of us have been able to do a pretty fair job of understanding the whole, you know, I'm 45 years in it. He's almost 10 years in it. We've got a lot of experience. So mm -hmm. I don't say hire us. I say come interview us mm -hmm. and see if you want to hire us. Because if, if you don't, it's okay. If, if we're not your thing, that's okay. It's it's not about that. But if you want to be tr treated fairly and professionally and, and taken awful good care of, our, oh our team is a strong component oh, uh, yeah. to that. And so to me, it's about, uh-oh, here's the word. It's all about relationships. What do I say all the time? It's all about relationships. Get an agent who you like and work with them. If you don't like them, get another one. You don't be hearing a lot with somebody, but if you be loyal to somebody good because they're loyal to to you. If we take you on as a client, believe me, you are high priority. Yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. We work hard for our clients. We have an entire research department. We have an entire uh, marketing department. I'll go contracts with anybody you want to go with head to head. Let's go. Patrick is brilliant. You guys are fantastic. Our team yeah. is very professional and very driven to protecting the public. Yes. yes. Very Before getting paid or in any of it, we take care of our clients and the rest of it just takes care of itself. Yeah. So I'm and telling you that the best way to get a clean contract is to get a good agent yeah. who knows how to write a good contract. I'm not the only so one there you go. to write a good contract. There's yes. plenty of good agents out there that know what the hell they're doing. Get one and have them help you. 
sorry. I didn't mean to get off on the. No it's a big there. topic to me, and I, I, it's important to me. And no, we it are is. selective. We do like to understand if we can help you. Yeah. And if we can't help you, we try to get you to somebody who can help you because mm -hmm. we care about that. So it's a glorious time to be in the business. I'm in it 45 years and I'm still as excited today as I've ever been. Yeah. And that is very motivating. I, I, and I mean it. I, and I get to yeah. hang out with all these young, wonderfully talented, bright people. All we got to do is get the buyers lined up, you know, get them in the mindset. We're not trying to just sell you a house. We're trying to show you prepare how you. to get it done. And prepare you for Yeah, we want to sell you a house. Yeah, we want to get paid. Let's go. We all need to make a living. We're all trying out here to make a buck. But we care a lot about the client. We care a lot about the process. We're good at it. We're efficient. We got a whole transaction department that I watch over that takes care of all the paperwork. Everything's in order. I know the deals my teams are working on. A buyer should think hard about hiring good people. Yeah, yeah okay. So going back to uh, clean offers. Yeah. First time home buyer obviously does not look, does not know what to look for when, um, you know, hiring an agent, seeing if they write, know how to write good offers. So what are some things that make a good offer? All right, what I'm going to do for you, I'll tell you what I'm going to do for you. I'm sorry I didn't do this a little sooner. Just give me a second. Yep, no I'm problem. I'm going to open up a contract, and I'm going to tell you. Yes. I'm going to look at one with you right now. So let me pull one up of our numerous escrows. Okay, so on the first page, maybe sometime we can actually go through the pages. I don't know if that would work in this format. But okay, so I look at, as I told you, lines 10 through 13, the numbers. I look at the closing date. Okay. I look at the closing date. I see, is it reasonable? Uh, reasonable to me, 30 to 45 days, somewhere in that ballpark, depending on the financing and all of that. Most of our cash buyers that we're working with right now do it in less than 30. Okay. So 30 to 45 days tells me that. I look to see what forms they've attached. That's to see if they've the attached all my forms that yeah. I've uploaded to MLS for them to sign. Mm -hmm. I look at those kinds of things. Uh, let's one. see, I'm on page three. I look at, is the washer dryer refrigerator, re is it coming? Or are we asking for it? That's a whole other dynamic to talk about. Uh, I look at the financing. And I look at who's paying for the appraisal <laughs> mm. as another example. I see if they're waiving their appraisal. Okay. Why, did, why would it matter who's paying for the appraisal? I'm just trying to make my client the most money when I'm representing the seller. And okay. I'm trying to save my buyer as much money as I can when I'm representing the buyer. Yes. That's okay. an ebb and flow depending on what side of the coin I'm on. Yeah. Okay. But I don't necessarily try to grind everybody for every dollar. I like fair transactions. Not only do I like clean transactions, I like fair transactions. What is mm -hmm. a fair transaction? Where the buyer and seller both feel like they got taken care of. Mm -hmm. I don't want one side to feel like they won over the other side. I like people to feel like they, everybody won. Everybody, that's a gift. That's a hard thing to do. Mm -hmm. Question, Jennifer? Yes. So in this market, would you advise for 
um, buyers to ask for the seller to pay for the appraisal or any seller concessions? What do you feel that's about a huge, that? Great, that's a great question. I had that question asked of me yesterday. Do I ask for anything in an offer? I'm I got that asked yesterday yeah. as well. It explains to me, I'm scared to ask for anything. I won't have a chance. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry to say in this market, you probably can't ask for as much as you normally do. Now, um, what? I might buy a few more home protection plans out of my own pocket for you that I wouldn't, that I normally normally get a seller to pay for. I might have to pay for one or two. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm very hesitant to to let my guys push for anything. Although, understand, that's not my decision. If you want me to push for something, I will do it. But I will advise you what I think about it because it could hinder you in getting your offer. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, that's another huge discussion to me uh, that I hear all the time. Now, what a lot of agents are also doing is um, asking, but they're not putting it in the contract. What they're doing is, is just conversating with the listing agent and just getting a feel from that instead of putting it on the contract and I making like it- that conversation. I think you can call it. The problem you have with that today, to tell you the truth from my perspective, most agents aren't calling you back. They're not even calling you back to let you know they got your offer that you sent to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how you have that dialogue with some of the agents. And it's a quick email. All the agents in town. I gotta tell you, there's, you better be good today. Let me put it that way. You better know what you're doing today because it's challenging, man. I'll give you an example. The prequal we started to talk about. I think we mentioned this one before, but I used to put the prequal at just a little over whatever we offered as a sale price. Yes. Today, I'm telling my client, make your prequal at the top of what you can afford, regardless of what you offer, so they know you can go higher if you need to go higher in multiple offers. Mm-hmm. That's an absolute change in the market condition that I have altered my business. I'm finding myself saying that to myself more and more. I'm altering the way I'm doing business because of this market. How a client is doing that without help is beyond me. I'm having a hard enough time doing it myself and I know what I'm doing. So I keep coming back to that same topic, man. Go get yourself an agent you trust and work It goes back to that. Jesus, it, it, it really it's does. so obvious to me. I'm sorry I keep yeah. beating it to death, but it's the same discussion. You have to have somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. You go That's to a doctor, you don't tell him how to fix you. You tell him what's wrong with you, and he tells you, here are your options. Mm-hmm. We are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Sorry to beat a dead horse. I know I talk about that a lot. Yeah, no, it's important. It's so important to me. I I just can't help. It just dictates everything else. Good agent, good client, good relationship, good offer, get it done, move in your house. Everybody's happy. That's what I like. That's what I want. I don't care about getting paid anymore. 45 years in the business, I ain't doing this deal for a commission. I'm doing it as I always did it because I care about my client. I did it 45 years ago. I do it today. It's different today. It's harder today. There's more crap today. It was easier in my younger day. Prices weren't as much. I sold 100 houses the first year I was in the business. My volume was $3 million. Think about that. Back in the day. 100 sales today would be $30 million. Yeah. So 
it's a different game today. It's a different trust. You need an agent on your side. The hell with going to get one. You need one. Mm -hmm. oh, and, yeah. and that's what we offer. That's what we offer. Yeah. We have a good job. No, we don't win all the time. Oh, no, we don't get them all the time. But we work hard at it. And we do better than most. Yes. Okay. So, I'm sorry. I get it's emotional. Topic. Yeah. No, it's a lot. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah. Um, okay. So let, now let's say. And the, and the conversation never changes. Yeah. It never changes. 45 years ago, I said, get an agent. Today, I said, get an agent. I, it, the deal doesn't change. Just the rules keep changing. Yeah. You have to adjust to those rules. Mm -hmm. so, okay. So now, um, now let's say there's, you know, home buyers out there that are, you know, listening and they want to put in offers and now they're, they know that they need to go to a loan officer and get that done and hire an agent. Now yep. let's say they do all of that. They write in their offers. They get one. Accepted. Now let's say we've written a beautiful offer. It looks good. We're happy and we're here. Yes. Is that what we're saying? Okay. Yeah. Let's say it gets accepted. Let's say it gets accepted. What are some things accepted. that the buyer has well, to do? Well, the get? first thing we do is say a little prayer and cheer. Yeah, right. <laughs> because we won, because we don't win all the time. So me personally, I sit here and do the paperwork and go, woohoo! Yeah. Right? <laughs> but okay, yeah. so now you've you've been lucky enough to get it accepted, everybody's happy and all that yeah. stuff. Okay. Yeah. So the first biggest thing is earnest money. Mm. Earnest money. Your check does get cashed. Okay. Mm. A lot of people well, know that. Yeah, the thing when you put it in title, it just sits there. Yeah. It, it does just sit there, but it gets sit there cashed. Mm -hmm. So you must get your earnest money in, lined up and get that turned in. Okay. And, uh, and then you cash the check. I want you to know, and I always tell my, my team to tell your client they cash your check. So you're mm -hmm. sure they know that. Some people don't know that. And then, you, uh, and then your inspection window is probably the next biggest scenario. You have a 10-day inspection window where you hire an inspector we can help you with that we give you a list of uh, vendors we use and uh, they do expect to get paid when they do the work yeah some things during this process can be put off to escrow and some things had to be paid for up front yeah appraisals historically had to be paid for up front and i heard a rumor that those fees are up a little bit because they're behind and they're slow and they're saying i don't want to even do it unless you pay me more so that whole dynamic is going on right now too. Yeah. That's a whole other dynamic. So the appraisal you pay for probably up front, and the home inspection you pay for. So and those you have two a ten-day window to investigate pretty much whatever the heck you want to investigate, and we're there by your side to help you with that. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the tenth day, you are writing a request if you want to request anything. You're either accepting the property, rejecting the property or you're asking them to do things. Yes. So, getting, I'm okay with asking them to do things. So there is still an opportunity for them to back out during that 10 day inspection. During that 10 day window, it's pretty much a free look. Okay. I don't want to say an absolute free look, but it's pretty damn close. <laughs> you're out, you would be out the appraisal money, basically. Uh, you, yeah, the appraisal gives you a way out. If it doesn't appraise, that's another way. Oh, that's right. The inspection clients, by the way, when they ask me about sale prices, I say it doesn't matter to me what you offer doesn't matter because the appraisal will protect it's you. It's going to protect you. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't get too wrapped up in all that. Remember, it's not me buying a house. I think agents sometimes are too verbal and too vocal for their client. 
I try to give my client all the options and let my client do the pick. Unless I really making. think it's something terrible based on something they told me, that's up to them. Yeah. I'm just there to guide them and, you know, move them along the process. Yeah. Uh, that's another whole big dynamic. Yeah, that's a huge sure. dynamic. Yeah. Now for somebody right, so, that's yeah, so then we're, we're we've given our earnest money, we've ordered our inspection, we've asked for our repairs, that would be the next discussion, and let's, then they have three options. They can say, yes, we will. They we mean the seller? Repairs. No, mm -hmm. we won't do anything, or we will do this. Yeah. And then believe it or not, the buyer has another chance to say yes or no to what they say. So okay. the buyer's always in charge of that discussion. Let's mm. say a seller says, I'm not doing nothing. A buyer can still take the house. You can't push out. So yeah. the buyer's in charge there. I mm. love that part of the deal. I love that part of the negotiation. I love yeah. that maneuver, Bill. I'm good at it. I like it. I, I like it. The, the hard part, I'll tell you the hard part today. Buyers are paying absolute max money hardly asking for anything. Seller's got seven offers on the table. He says to himself, hmm, I don't have to do anything for this buyer. If he cancels, I'll go get one of the others. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's the dilemma you're having and fighting these binzers, right? They call them binzers, buyer inspection, seller notice and response. Mm -hmm. and, they're, and that's where the challenge is, getting people to agree on repairs when sellers don't want to and buyers are asking for everything because they've paid so they're much paying money. full price yeah, yeah. That's, a tough, that's a tough dilemma that, that's a tough challenge as an agent to to bridge that gap and i'm very proud of us when we do that i i i said to patrick yesterday as a matter of fact um he just got a really hard binzer through and i just congratulated him on it because it's almost like you're selling the house twice yeah, yeah. That first initial, and now you got to go fight the battle after the fact. Mm -hmm. Again, you better know what you're doing, and you better have an agent that knows what the hell you're doing. It comes back to the same conversation. Yeah. All right. So then we're there, and then after we agree to our repairs, we're just kind of sitting and waiting for the appraisal. And then let's say good news. Let's say the appraisal comes in on right, right. Comes it out value. We go to closing. A week or two later, we close. You move in. You pay your money. That's when you pay all your money and do everything you're supposed to do. We don't really use attorneys in Arizona. You can get one, but you don't need one. We use title companies. Yeah. Cheap. It's easy. It's efficient. Uh, might even be able to get you some discounts on certain situations. Save you a little money. So uh, we go through that process, and we're good. And what are typical closing costs or what between two to 3%? Uh, I tell most buyers to anticipate their down payment, which is anywhere from five, maybe 3% and up, you know, to 20 Andy. probably. Uh, I talk about that and ask me your question again. I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. Ask me your was, question. Uh, how much a closing costs? Okay. Work? Yeah. I tell a buyer usually down plus about 3%. Okay. And then also that's another max. That's probably max. And I tell buyer, I tell sellers your commission plus about 2%. Okay. And those are good catch, quick catch numbers. Okay. So on a $300,000 house, you're looking at with 5% down, you're looking at $15,000 down payment. 
-hmm. and you're looking at somewhere between uh, nine and ten thousand dollars max closing costs. That's a hard discussion because there's a lot of maneuvering in that, and a yeah. lot of maneuvering with lenders, and 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 depending on who you finance and how you finance, and there's a lot of variables in that conversation. Um, but that's the ballpark of it. And then what happens is the appraisal is done really for finance purposes, not really for value. It's really done for finance. Mm -hmm. And so if you if it doesn't appraise, that's when the challenge comes. The buyer can either not sell or sell for the reduced price or negotiate. And the seller, the buyer has the same options. Again, a good agent will know how to maneuver that negotiation. Mm -hmm. I think there's as much work after the fact today as much as getting the deal done. I think yeah. getting the deal done might be tougher than getting the deal accepted. You know, it's funny, we're talking about writing a clean offer to get it accepted. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, I'm not even stressed about that almost. If we get it, we'll get it. But getting the damn deal done and letting my client move in, mm -hmm. man, that's, uh, we have a whole team that, that helps in that. Mm -hmm. And it's a good damn thing we do. I yeah. spend my entire day working on that concept for this team on all these documents. There's tons, we haven't talked about that. Oh my God, there's there's 20 documents, 30 documents in a transaction. Yeah. Well, maybe another COD path, we can talk a little bit more about the 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 details. We haven't yes. really okay. talked about details. We've been talking about a concept today. We haven't talked yeah. about mm -hmm. uh, Let me keep going through this contract. Let's see, I'll tell you what else I'd look for. Um, uh, let's see, the title people, I look to see if they, like in all our listings, we ask them to use our title people. Yes. Just sold one. They didn't do it. Okay. It's not a big deal. Could you but send a counter? Deal? Could you send a counter with I your... Well, as the listing agent, I didn't because it was a good offer and there was no reason to. As a buyer's rep... Oh, yeah. Definitely. No. <laughs> ain't happening. Again, in part of cleanliness is also trying to write an offer with the least amount of resistance. Yeah. You know, that's another sign of cleanliness to me. Not only filling it out properly but not putting too much in it. So example, one of our investors, they put a lot of verbiage in a contract and we weren't getting as many. And I told Patrick, I said, maybe we should look at that verbiage and maybe clean it a little bit. Maybe we can, and we went through it and we read it all and we cleaned it up and we took some of it out and, and we're getting more offers now. So you gotta be careful what you'd put in there too. That's part of, that's part of that cleanliness discussion. Yeah. It's really not a push. How to ask, Jennifer, back to your question, how to ask for things and not hinder your transaction. Yeah. That's a, that's a delicate place in this market, too. I don't want everybody to think that every deal is just painful. Yeah. But they're more challenging than they've ever been. Let's put it that way. I like being a listing agent. <laughs> Last year, yeah. I was told I sold them the first day, didn't even put one of them on the market. Yeah. That's the difference. That's the other way. That's the other reason to have a good agent. Because good agents call each other. <laughs> and good agents call each other when they got deals. Mm -hmm. So last week I called a friend of mine because I knew he was looking for something. And he came and bought the house I had didn't even have it listed yet. And he bought it. So oh. another bonus of having a good agent it's is also much. having a network, getting his network. Mm -hmm. Very important. Again, I don't always win because of my relationships. 
but I'm thankful for the ones that I get because of my relationship. Yeah. And I used to teach a lot in town. My offers would sometimes get accepted just because they knew it was me, the teacher. Mm -hmm. you know, so I, get done. I like that rep and I have that rep too. And I like all that. So yeah. there's lots of parts to a clean offer. As you can see, there's you, you and I kind of started with just writing the dang thing is important, but there's, a, as you can see, a whole lot more. Communication, yeah. Uh, yeah, from that standpoint. So it's good. Let me let me just uh, real quick here. I'm I'm halfway through. Oh, by the way, I'm only halfway through the contract. Uh, and already so many things. <laughs> There's that 11 pages, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So you need somebody to, like on this contract, okay, they forgot none. On line 211 in the 11. contract, I teach, you put a, a, a word in there, none. It's a it's a paragraph about making a promise, a verbal promise. So you put none. I'm looking at this contract. It ain't in there. Yeah. So now, something. I something would not send that one out to get fixed as a transaction coordinator because that's not mandated. But it's noticed by the listing agent. But it's noticed, and I say to myself, uh, "There's a little detail they missed." And then, if I did find something that I needed fixed, I would send it back to get fixed. With That's something what I do like my that. transaction job. Yeah. I have to make sure all the documents are turned in and are correctly signed and filled out. Yeah. So, so something that small level and layer of this. Not only are we writing good offers, but then I'm I'm in the background as the transaction coordinator, making sure all the paperwork is also correct. So as an example, I had an offer yesterday where one of our documents wasn't signed. I don't make Patrick go do that. I send it out to our client. I get it signed. I take care of it. So that way. you just need help, man. Everybody's busy today and everybody's stressed today and, and the deals are harder to get. There's yep. more and more relevancy to teams and, and supporting each other and, and contributing to each other. The team pays me to take care of them. Yeah. I would do it for free, but they pay me to take care of them and take care of the deals. And so I'm not saying you can't do that on your own. You can, if you're good at what you do, but boy, to have a team and have people in place to do all this paperwork and watch over it is also very important part of this discussion. And Patrick will tell you that it's freed up his time to spend it with the client more and be better there. My time spent following up on all the details. Yeah. yeah, that's another part of cleanliness. There's lots of parts of cleanliness. Mm -hmm. So, so we just found a mistake on the contract. We just found one. I'm just pulled a file up just for fun. Not one of ours, by the way. Not one of ours. <laughs> not one of ours. <laughs> All right. Uh, not that we don't make mistakes. We do, but we fix them. I've said it all along. It ain't about the mistake you make. It's how you handle the mistake you make. Exactly. There's so many details and there's so much stuff to juggle. And, and so I say it all the time. Don't worry. If you try not to make a mistake, but if you do fix it, <laughs> that's all. Fix it. Yeah. And then it's no big deal. So mm -hmm. let's see. Uh, a few more pages just for fun. Let me just finish up. Um, I look at page uh, line 344. You might want to tell your listeners about. Uh, it's the page where everybody writes in all the extra stuff that they want. Mm. I look at that. I see how Bridge. reasonable they are. I see how crazy they are. I see how, you know, if I have an addendum this long <laughs> with requests, then also probably a first time home buyer. 
Yeah, that tells me something about about them too. Yeah, it's all about feel. It, it's all about feel, man. I'm, it's would you feel as anything? Would you say the the more experienced buyers don't ask for as much as first time home buyers? I think the more experienced buyers know what they're doing. Yeah, they've been so, there. Can before. I put it that way? Yeah. I think experienced buyers with a strong agent are killer. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> everybody knows how to maneuver the little subtleties. Mm -hmm. And by the way, two good agents in a deal, an agent on the other side who's good, love them, love them. Yeah. I will do anything I can to support them. And when I see their listings, I try to bring people to them. Yeah. So the quality of a good agent on the other side of the deal, I've been boasting about our side all morning, but the quality of a good agent on the other side of the deal, two good agents in a deal with two halfway decent buyers and sellers, I'm a happy man. Yeah, that deal is going to get done. Because as long as everybody's reasonable, we're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. And that's the bottom line. Nobody wins if we don't get it finished. Yeah, yeah everyone's time is just wasted. The yeah. buyers are sad. They Nobody didn't get the gets their wanted. house. Nobody gets paid. Nothing happens if we don't do our job and finish. Yeah. So my point to you through this whole conversation, be around people who you feel watch out for you and can get Trust it done. You. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's a team necessarily. I know a lot of great agents who aren't on teams. I wasn't on a team for years. I was a good agent. But man, the power of the team today and and all the components that one can offer someone, it's pretty it, hard not to enjoy that. I think our team's a little different because you can talk to the team leader. Yeah. A lot of teams, you can't even get to the top people. Our team, you can call any of us and, and we're here. So I, I, you know, again, it comes back to relationship. We talk about it all the time. It comes back to relationships and, and all. Yeah, it just shows how important that is. What other questions can I answer for you? Uh, we got, we got, then we go to closing. I guess we're at the closing mode. So yeah. then we're at the, we've, we've been through the appraisal. By the way, the appraisal could ask for conditions. A lot of people don't know that. We do a binzer and we don't ask for anything and we're good. FHA appraiser might come back in and say, I need a new roof. Oh, can't sell a house. Yeah. Another component I didn't think about in this conversation. If you're going FHA or VA versus conventional, you also have an issue. Because mm -hmm. people are really scared to look at FHA and VA because of the conditions of the appraisal. Yeah, same with all, all other dynamics. Although I think a 5% down or 3% down, if you can get it conventionally, is better than FHA. Because yeah. at some point in, in time, you can get rid of the insurance on conventional. On FHA, you pay that insurance until you pay until off the loan. Yeah. Okay, so that's actually something I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, that was like the last thing, the last topic that I had that we didn't get to. So we got we got to all of them naturally. Yeah, go ahead. Um, most buyers are under the impression that they need, need, need 20% down. They don't need 20% down. The, first of all, you can get as low as down as, I believe, 3.5% FHA. On conventional loans, right? We're not talking. Okay. Now, conventional, I believe the minimum is five. There might be some programs out there for three and a half. There might be a the first time home buyers. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they have some conditions. And so let's just talk conceptually 5%. 
You're talking about five percent down versus three and a half percent down or nothing down with VA. Yeah. But you get a better shot at getting your deal because conventional doesn't have the same strictness that FHA and VA. And there's have. protection there. There's still protection, but like VA has their own inspectors on yeah. top of the inspectors that we hire. Mm-hmm. FHA has an inspector that they have over and above. They might have conditions. I uh, when I had a couple of weeks ago, we did a house where the wood on the fence post, the four by four post, yeah. was rotted at the at the bottom. They made us replace that four by four post. Wow. So FHA and VA have more conditions than conventional. So I, as a buyer, would push myself to conventional. Here's the benefit of twenty percent down if you have it in financing. With conventional, you have what's called PMI, private mortgage insurance. Mm-hmm. With less than 20% down, you, you pay it. Mm-hmm. And it differs. It's a per month basis on how much you put down. 5%, I, it's a little bigger. It's 15, it's 15% left, right? 10% down, PMI is a little less. 15% down, PMI is a little less. 20% down, it goes away. Yeah. The other good place that that plays itself out is when you buy a house, if it goes up in value, real value, you might be able to go to the lender and say, I have 20% real equity now. They might make you do another appraisal, but you can go to the lender and you might be able to get your insurance waived. Oh, FHA, you can't do that. You owe a dollar to FHA, you pay insurance on that dollar. Yeah. So you don't need 20% conventionally. And I do think people think that if you go conventional, you have to have 20% down and you don't. Conventional has said, we're going to compete with FHA and VA and we're going to try to do some programs to help. So mm-hmm. there are 5% and there are some other programs out there even less, mm-hmm. but 20% is not mandated. That's why I say go into a lender and yeah. talk about all your options. You don't want to go to a lender? Great. Come hang out with me. I could give you enough of a financial understanding of that to know your questions. Yeah. You can all meet with your clients. I'd be happy to talk to them. But again, I say this, go into the lender. Let them talk to you about all your numbers and your math. Let them talk about the, I can't believe when people lose a deal over $5,000 as an example. $5,000 is 25 bucks a month. So here's what I'd ask my client. 25 bucks. You want to lose this house over 25 bucks a month? Yeah. See, that's where people don't understand the mathematics and the deals. I'll give you an example, by the way. I'm pulling out my calculator. Hang on a minute. I'll tell you the, what's interest rates today. Does anybody know what we can get today? Can we get four? No, it's less. It was 3.25. Yeah. Okay. See, this is another discussion I'm proving to the public right now. We have these conversations every day to see where we are and what strategy to put forth, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me today, what uh, what's interest rates roughly today? 3.25. Okay, so 3.25. Hang on, I'll give you a number. 30 gen. Average. I did it wrong. Okay, a thousand bucks. Hang on, a thousand bucks at. 3.25, $4.35 a thousand. 
So here's what I tell another, also tell a buyer, don't lose the house over a few thousand bucks at $4 a thousand. Yeah. The other, that's another conversation I would have with a buyer that doesn't understand money is how cheap money is today. I remember when interest rates were 22%. I remember when interest rates were 12%. And I said to people, if we ever saw 12 again, we'd be rich. Who would have ever thought we'd see under four? Great time to buy. $4.35 per thousand. Come on, man. At 200 grand, that's only at 200 grand. That's only uh, what? That's uh, that's 870 bucks P and I. Jesus, yeah. come on. <laughs> add another, add another what? Couple hundred bucks a month in taxes, and add another yeah. 60 bucks in insurance. You're living in a house for under 1,200 bucks. Yeah, you can't rent for that. They can't do it like they don't know how to do that math and oh. that together. That's why they need That's agents. What good agents do. Mm -hmm. And I'm old school. Good agents don't interpret, in my opinion, like old school guys do. I think old school guys are a whole different level of, of that. Like example, you see this computer right here is called the HP 12C. Everybody laughs at me because it's an old, 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 old computer. But you know what? It does my payments for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I use it. You know, I think, you know, I think level of experience also alters this entire conversation. Because I don't think newer people understand all the ramifications of a deal. Yeah. No offense to them. I don't mean that mean. You just don't. I like being able to anticipate what can happen. And I, I go into things with that already in mind. I, I don't go in thinking, you know, I wrote this offer. I go in thinking, okay, I wrote this offer. Now, what am I going to learn that tells me how to get my offer? Yeah. So talking to the other agent, Jenny, back to your question about talking to their agent. is crucial. Totally valuable. Because yeah. here's another mistake that agents make. I hate to say that because I'm not knocking agents. I don't do that. It's against our they tell you. Everything. But I'm going to say this. They tell you everything. They tell you stuff. They if do. you just ask. If, yeah, you even learn that. And you're, and you're newer and you really uh -huh. learn that. So oh, yeah. I'm calling just pay attention. Right? And, and, and just listen. It's amazing what you find out. Mm -hmm. So I find it uh i love to call the other agent because i know they're going to tell me something they're not supposed to i enjoy that whole <laughs> dynamic i know it sounds a little silly and like i'm ganging up on somebody so okay here's a question based off of that phone call if yeah if you talk to the agent and they're stumbling and they just sound like they don't know what they're talking about do you change your game plan after that phone call with the offer yes, i do I don't know about if I change my game plan. Let's say this. Your aggressiveness. I, you, change, you, I, um, you change how aggressive you are. I don't think I get any more aggressive. I think agents do get more aggressive because they think they can take advantage of somebody. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think like that. I want to get my deal done for my client. I don't want to antagonize yeah. somebody. I don't want to piss them off. Yeah. So no, I, what, I meant, what I meant by that is maybe the offer, you may get a little more buyer buyer no uh, i try to help them i try okay. to help them specifically mm. if i feel they're struggling or they're newer especially if they're newer 
Now that's not my place as an agent, but remember my job is to get my deal done yeah. and get it accepted. So if I have to help the other side to get it done, I'm in. Yeah, absolutely. Some agents, when I try to help them like that, they get pissed off and they yell at me and they said, that's none of your business. Leave me alone. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of them say to me, John, thank you so much for your help. And I have gotten deals done because of that. So I don't try to antagonize the other side. I try to learn about the other side and understand how to best use that to get my deal done. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, it's not me against them. I mean, it is sort of me against them, but it's not really. We're all working together to get it done. If we're, you know, again, now before we get it accepted, that's another discussion. If I'm competing against other agents, am I trying to be a little more aggressive? Sure. That, and that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's two before. levels there prior to getting it accepted and after we get it accepted. Those are, yeah. those are two different discussions. The problem is agents aren't getting back to me, so I'm not having the chance to even. Exercise my talent because yeah. nobody's calling us back. I even called our broker about the other day. I said, "Are you seeing that as a company? Because I'm not getting. We're making offers and I'm calling people to make sure they got them and and all of that. And I'm not hearing from anybody. Yeah. And it's rude and it's inconsiderate. And we won't do it. You can bet your booty on that. That we won't do it because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm embarrassed by it and I think it's very unprofessional. Yeah. So communicating. And so I like talking to their agent when I can talk to them. And then nine times out of 10, they tell me something they probably shouldn't anyway. Yeah. I don't mean that mean, but you know, if you ask, you ask, they tell you, they tell you. Yeah. And you know, it's also, I to know you're dying to ask what would be a question I would ask like that, that they mm. might tell me. Have I you received any, any offers over list or just anything to do with numbers? You're just trying to Those get a number, right? Questions. Those are, I don't go there. Old school looks at that different. That wasn't bad new school. Here's old school. Where's your client going next? Oh, okay. Do you think that would be beneficial for me as a buyer's rep to know what their sellers are doing next? Yes, and that convo can just lead down to something else. Do you think else. the buyers, the sellers rep, should tell me what they're doing next? No. No, probably not. Oh, they're getting a divorce. I've had them tell me that. They shouldn't be telling me that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. You ask enough questions to an agent, he's going to tell you something that he probably shouldn't tell you if he's not paying attention. Now, that doesn't mean to tell you that I almost might not strategically tell you something to help you. Mm -hmm. You understand? There's both sides of that coin. Oh, yeah. We've been on both sides of that. Yeah. One side of that coin is I need to protect myself. One side of that coin, I'm trying to get a deal done. Yeah. So if I can give you a little hint to get something done, I'm in. Mm -hmm. That's a cool conversation. We could talk about that one for an afternoon. That, yeah. That's a, that's a cool, this is a feeling. If you've learned anything from me in this conversation today, I hope you've learned that part of this discussion is feeling. Yeah. And it's paying attention and it's listening. I have a terrible reputation. I babble all the time. I talk all the time. I don't listen, supposedly. Don't bet on that, buddy. I use my babbling as a as a way to listen. <laughs> that sounds weird. <laughs> I know that might sound weird. But you know me enough you. to know that there's some truth to that. And so I'm always paying attention to details. Mm -hmm. And I take a lot of pride in that and Patrick does and you guys are getting better at that as you're learning how to do that. And I take a lot of pride in that. I think I can get deals done that other people can't because I do pay attention to the details.
And I think you also do babble a lot and I don't hear very well. So sometimes I talk over people. I don't mean to. I do it with you guys all the time. I don't mean to. So understand, even in all that turmoil, I'm still paying attention to details. Yeah. Listening and watching everything I can see. Mm -hmm. You know, you walk in the house, you try to pay attention to what's in the house. We had a house last week. There was a lot of cigarette smoke. Yeah. You know, house was affected yeah. value by the cigarette smoke? Probably mm -hmm. a little bit. Probably a little bit. Yes. But it wasn't definitely. life and death, but probably a little bit. Mm -hmm. It's so, first impressions. That's the first yeah, thing you smell when you get in, in that house. In that conversation. And I, I happen to take a lot of pride in that. I think that's, I don't have many gifts, but I think that's one of my gifts that I have is I'm really good at listening and being able to. I can look at something and fix it. I don't, I don't know why that's been with me, but that's my gift to real estate, I, I guess. I, if you give me a problem, I'm, I'm pretty good at you know, analyzing it and fixing it. So I, I like that. I like that work. I like that part of the job. Uh, these deals are getting more difficult every day. You need help. Uh-oh, we're back to the same conversation. You need to hire somebody that you trust. Yeah. And it's, it's just so important. Because the details make the deal. They make it. And two good agents, like, like look at my friend Lewis Parrish who we work for. If he had, if he had a seller and I had a buyer, him and I could almost call each other on the phone, do the whole damn deal over the phone, and never give away anything. Two good agents. Can't beat two good agents. They can even overcome crappy clients. Mm -hmm. because they're good agents yeah there's crappy clients there's great clients there's crappy clients there's great agents there's crappy agents uh, it's okay uh, that's just truth but yeah uh good agents i promote the crap out of good agents mm -hmm. don't support the bad ones so much but the <laughs> good ones line them up i will give them all a shake their hands Do a deal together. for making our business a better place. Yes. So the public out there, hope you enjoyed this. Uh, hope you enjoyed this topic. Yeah, yeah this I is hope a great you topic. Learned. Find yourself a good agent. If yes. you're interested, give us a call. Maybe you'll like what you hear. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Give them your number. Right on. Is that it for today? Yes, that is. Thank this you is so amazing. much for coming. We are definitely gonna find some new topics, maybe you know something else. If people have any recommendations, definitely let us I know. I loved having you here. Mm -hmm. Did you? I loved having you here to help me. Uh, I, that was cool. I when I felt like I was going on, you gave me a little wink. I, I'm just was, like, eh. I don't know what that was, but I knew it was something. <laughs> I'll give you the two next time. Didn't know what that was. Did something. <laughs> I also thought that was very good conversation and yeah. a lot of good topics, a lot of good meat there for you. Yes. Yeah, and this is calmer. very, very good. I'm, I'm more relaxed. I'm getting calmer. I'm listening to you better. I'm not over-talking you as much. I'm trying yeah. to be better. I thought there was a lot of really good content in there. Yeah, yes. we learned a lot, so I hope all of our listeners oh, learned a lot this felt good to me. I enjoyed that. So then, then you want me back on the podcast? That's up to you guys. It's your podcast. <laughs> I'm just telling you what I liked. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead. And, uh, I don't know, would it work sometime to share a screen and show them the actual detail that we're talking about? Can you do that cool. on this podcast? 
we can do that. The only problem is um, there's listeners that are listening audio only. And then there are there is the YouTube where we post the clips. So we will be posting the clips soon. So definitely. I just wonder if that was because that'd be fun too to actually. Yeah. So we can do that. Contract right here at this paragraph. Here's what it says. And here's how you show them the contract. That might be fun too. That might be a fun class too. Take a take like the top 10 topics of the contract and do one for each of them. Yeah, yes. let's do that. Just quick little small just clips. Just quicker of ones just on that, you know, changes. What can you change your contract while it's in a, in escrow? Well, it depends. What does it depend on? Let me show you. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a lot of fun. Yeah. And it would definitely. be really technical to teach. And they might really that might bring another level of client that we don't see right now. Yeah. So uh, let's think about that one. That would be a good one. Ten, 10 contract. We could take the quiz. How we could take the quiz and do the quiz. There's a quiz. Remember the, the quiz, quiz that you all want? Oh, the quiz that you give all your, yeah, your agents. Yeah. Uh, uh, agents can't even pass that. Buddies, and they all flunked. Yeah, yeah right? Fun. That'd be fun. So, yeah, there's a lot of, I'm getting calmer and I'm enjoying this even more. So, I. That is amazing. That is very everywhere. I, yeah, I thought it was really good content. Good question. Good questions. Good job yes. on just your thought process. And and it's I like this time when I was babbling, getting off a little bit, you said, let me uh, ask you another question. And you did that. Yeah. You have, my, you have my blessing. I'm not trying to babble. I can't hear as well on this. Yeah. So no, and most of the times when you're talking, you know, you're you're giving out you're great preaching. info. Yeah. So and I was trying to be better about listening and hearing your question and let you participate. I'm trying to be better about that. So I liked you directing me a little bit when you felt I was getting a little off 